0: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm RJ Metzger.
1: And I'm Rachel Metzger.
0: And it is episode 61. So just after the special last week, which I thought was fun, Um, and it's also the start of Women's History Month. So go you women. Yeah. All right. Um, so you got anything going on?
1: We got a cat. Oh, yeah. Miko. Her name is Miko and she's precious and I love her.
0: Yeah. And she lays in front of my keyboard and makes research very difficult for the show. Um, so in the news this week. We have a bunch of people going around social media trying to prove that the snow in Texas. Have you seen this? No. Was fake.
1: It was oh, like my all,
0: gosh. It was all over a TikTok and stuff. They think it's a government conspiracy to make Texas look bad. So what they're doing is they made snowballs and then they're holding a lighter up to the snowball. Oh, I did
1: see that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, the snow isn't melting and instead it burns black. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what they don't know is that there's this thing called sublimation where essentially they're heating the snow in such a concentrated point because lighters are small, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, the uh, snow is just transferring into steam. It's not turning into water, Mm -hmm. which they expect it to just, like,
1: turn on a faucet, essentially.
0: Um, And then also the um, burns is not water burning. It's particulate, which isn't even... I mean, one thing, it could be something just in contaminated snow, but it's not even that. It's, It's just the literal burn marks from the lighter that they're holding up. The same as what would happen if you held it up to a white wall.
1: (sighs) Yeah, no, I saw a video that the only one I saw was where um, they did that. And then someone like from the north went out, got their snow, did the same thing and it burned.
0: But I mean, just, you know, it confirms that they're controlling the weather, though.
1: I also just really like like that just sounds like the most Texas shit I've ever heard in my life. Like we just want to make Texas look bad. That's why they're doing it. Like only Texas would be like, well, we really messed that up and we and we looked really bad. So instead of just like taking the L, we're going to blame someone else because Texas is the best. Yeah,
0: it would have to be a a major conspiracy dropping.
1: Well, and also it's like
0: if it was fake manufactured snow, how would they have like just turned on air conditioner in the world to make Texas below freezing for a week.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't I'm not sure how that works, especially because like it was cold everywhere. It was yeah. In most places, I mean, like it.
0: It was cold. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, don't. Whatever. Anyway, so I also wanted to put in a good piece of news because that was just annoying to me. Um, so scientists announced that the first successful cloning of a U.S. endangered species, the black-footed ferret, happened. Um, so the animal, her name is Elizabeth Ann, was born December 10th and announced. Uh, And announced on Thursday, Willa, the ferret who uh, served as the genetic source for Elizabeth Ann, died in 1988 and remained frozen um, as cloning research was just getting underway back then. And the success gives conservationists hope to see other species return to the wild, though the process will require patience. Right. Um, So the process. uh, Used the tame domestic ferret and the second clone did not survive, though, so Mm. um, it's pretty sad.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but it's good that they got the other one.
0: Yeah, she's really cute. Look her look her up, Elizabeth Ann Ferret. Um, but anyway, other species that... Oh, and I got this from Fox News, by the way. Um, not that I frequent Fox News. It was linked via... Uh, what's Making that very clear. Well, I'm just saying. Um the success gives conservationist hope. Oh, I already read this. The other species that could benefit from cloning include a Mongolian wild horse, which was cloned and last summer born at a Texas facility. Hopefully it didn't die in the freeze. Oh my uh,
1: goodness.
0: Isn't she so cute? Her little ears. I can't handle it. Yeah. You should uh, Google her. Um, and the extinct passenger pigeon was also cloned. So, biote- quote, biotechnology and gen- genomic data can really make a difference on the ground with conservation efforts, said Ben Novak, lead scientist with Revive and Restore, a biotech-focused uh, conservation nonprofit that co- coordinated the ferret and horse clonings.
1: Okay. So, so I just want to say about that, like, should we really be wasting our time and effort on pigeons.
0: Passenger pigeons.
1: Nobody uses passenger pigeons anymore. They're still cool. But they're pigeons.
0: Well, there's actually interesting that you say that. Um, There's a big debate on um, where our focuses should be as far as uh, cloning. And one of the main driving sources that I actually agree with is if it's something that we have found uh, went out in our time, we feel like this. Like
1: because of us. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We feel this cultural guilt um, towards it. And so like we feel like that's where the resources should be, you know, versus like the woolly mammoth, which there are people searching for a a good donor for a mammoth. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's just like and that's an interesting debate to to think about, um, because like one of those other, you know, one of the other thoughts is, well, what if we bring back like something cool or something, you know, potentially beneficial? But like a a lot of the ethics behind it is if we're going to utilize science, it should be something that
1: to fix what we broke,
0: fix what we broke. Yeah,
1: makes sense. Um, okay. Pigeons are still not the best. They're cool. Pigeons are not cool. Pigeons are the rats of the sky. Everyone agrees with this.
0: Agree to disagree.
1: All right, go live in New York for a while and <laughs> I think want you'll to. change your mind.
0: <laughs> I don't want to do that. See, um, that's
1: like that's like people who talk about seagulls to me and you.
0: Yeah, I hate seagulls.
1: After living in Corpus Christi, you just wish all seagulls would just and then Utah. Disappear. Yeah, I know. We were so excited to get away from them and then Utah. Yeah. Um, Stupid secret.
0: Freaking state bird. If you didn't know that, it's shocking. we didn't. Well, we did.
1: I forgot, I guess. Okay. And when I got there, I was very angry. Um what was I gonna say?
0: Yeah. Oh, what I'm talking about. So I'm gonna be talking about the a real life Jason Bourne. All right. You're up.
1: OK, so today I'm going to be talking about Jeff, the talking mongoose. Um, and this was actually suggested to us by uh, we got a review on Apple podcast. It's a five star review. Thank you. By um, the best username of all time. Excuse my juicy belches. I want to point
0: something out real quick. Our only four star review was our first ever review. So it was a guy. Uh, thanks and giggle, I think. Um And he was just like trying out the podcast and we were pumped that it was a four star review. But then it was the only one that was a four star review. And then our only one star review was that dude who thought that we stole um, our concept from this podcast. I hadn't heard about, which is a great podcast. But um, anyway, that was it. Other than that, it's been five stars, but that's pretty whack. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're listening to this and haven't reviewed us, please review us five stars on the uh, Apple podcast.
1: Yep. So, um, in September of 1931, in Cashew's Gap near the hamlet of Dalby on the Isle of Man. Coming from America, that just, when I read that, I was like, that's not a place.
0: Might as well be Narnia.
1: (laughs) No, but that's not even a place. It's just a bunch of words you put together. (laughs) Just made no sense. So, anyways, I looked it up. The Isle of Man is like a... um, independent little island in the irish sea between england and ireland
0: which is funny because we were just talking about like texas which other than culture like like, it's the same thing like shouldn't mean anything yeah
1: right but i know but i know but just the way that they like that the different countries decide to say like we say uh, i live in texas how would i say it? Would i say i live in texas the united states i say i live in the united states how would you how do you say that
0: texas united states Um, i've
1: never said that before
0: here's another so kind of tangent tangential, but thinking of addresses made me think of this. If we told you stickers were coming, we sent them out during the freeze because oh, apparently yeah. our mail man was still going. Um, and so please let us know uh, if you're in the UK, it'll probably take a little while longer. That was still only a week ago. Um, but if you're in the U S definitely, please let us know if you got them or not. Cause we don't know how that ended up anyway. Continue. You-hoo.
1: So, yeah. So um on the Isle of man, which is like a little Island uh, in the hamlet of Darby. In Cashew's Gap. I'm sure that means something to someone. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything to me. It's just words. Anyways, um, there was a farm owned by a family called the Irvings. The family consisted of the father, James, mother, Margaret, and daughter, Voyary. I'm going to go with that. Um, around this time, the family reported hearing a constant scratching, rustling, and a screeching sound behind their farmhouse wooden wall panels. They said the noises reminded them of a ferret, a baby, or a dog. Um, according to the Irvings, the creature they believed lived in the walls introduced himself as Jeff, which also means, yes, he talked to them. That's like the, yeah. Um, they stated Jeff was the size of a small rat with yellowish fur and a big bushy tail. Um, but I, this is kind of iffy. I looked at a few different articles and I never really saw if they actually ever claimed to see him. Um, cause according to a lot of it, he lived, he just stayed behind the walls and like talked to them through the walls. But then they also, there were, spe- I don't know. But it, they
0: described him. So.
1: Well, but also I think the whole point of that was he was describing himself.
0: Oh.
1: Um, anyways, that, that was kind of confusing. So I tried really hard to find if they, uh, if they thought they saw him or not, cause they did, they claimed they had pictures of him, but then they also talked about how he could, anyways. I'll get farther into it. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, so allegedly J- Jeff said that he was a mongoose who had been born in New Delhi in 1852. This was in 1931. Um, he communicated to them that he was a quote, extra, extra clever mongoose in quote, and quote, earthbound spirit and a ghost in the form of a mongoose in quote. This is what the family quoted him saying to them. Um, According to the family, he once told them, quote, I am a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt, which is why I kind of think they never saw him.
0: So he's like the Cheshire cat, but.
1: Basically, yeah. Um, So here's some of the claims that the family made about Jeff. Uh, They said that he guarded their home and informed them whenever guests were coming or uh, of the approach of an unidentified dog. If someone forgot to turn off a fire at night, Jeff would go down and stop the stove. Um, He would also wake people up if they ever slept. Jeff seems very polite. Jeff seems helpful.
0: He's like like, um, the original smart house.
1: Yeah, he's like a butler that lives in your walls. Jeez. Like amazing. He's a nice dude. Um, If there were mice in the house, Jeff would scare them off. Yeah. And then he would also kill them, but he made it clear he didn't like that. He would rather scare them off. But if they didn't get away fast enough, he would do it. Um, They claimed that Jeff really liked biscuits, bananas, and chocolate. And um, they had a little saucepan that they would hang from the ceiling and that's where they would put his food and they claimed that they would come back and it would be gone. Um, well, it sounds
0: like they had a mouse problem, so that, that yeah, could have Yeah,
1: yeah, and by putting out but that This food, is very odd,
0: by the way, and not oh, at all what I expected, so... Yeah,
1: I tried to tell you that. Um, so they also said that he would regularly go to the market with them, but he would always stand on the other side of the hedges just, like, chattering away the whole time. So they never got to see him, but he would just, like, be there talking. Um, so the story of Jeff spread all around the town and became extremely popular in tabloids. Obviously, this is nuts. Um, so press and journalists came to the island in hopes of catching a glimpse of the famous creature. Several people, locals and visitors alike, claimed to have heard Jeff and two even claimed to have seen him. Um, there was never any real physical evidence of Jeff's, shockingly. The family claimed some footprints, stains on the walls and hair samples were from him. But, um, when they were tested, it was all just found to be their sheepdog, which, Makes a lot of sense. Um, So they also took photos and claimed it was Jeff and it was their sheepdog, which like you said it was the size of a small rat. A sheepdog is not the size of a small rat.
0: It's got to be like the ultimate. Okay, we're in too deep. What can we do? What else are we going to do? Yeah.
1: I don't know. Okay. Anyways. So, um, in July of 1935, two paranormal investigators named Richard Lambert and Harry Price, uh, visited the Island to investigate the allegations. They talked about, uh, the hair and the footprints. They got them tested. And that was when they were both identified as the, as a dog. Um, Price also noted that when he visited the Irving's home, that, so the outside of the home was, um, stone. And then on the inside, it had the wood paneling, probably obviously probably to keep it warmer. Um, and it, it, featured a considerable amount of interior airspace between the wood, the wood wall and the stone wall. Um, he said it quote makes the whole house. One great speaking tube with walls, like sounding boards by speaking into one of the many apertures in the panels, it should be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house end quote. So obviously you could be hearing voices from different rooms, depending on how someone's talking.
0: Oh, really it's just some weird hobo dude.
1: Possibly. Um, Nandor Fodor. Who, who named their child Nandor when their last name is Fodor? It sounds like, um, hold on. No, there's like a Lord of the Rings thing that that sounds like. Nandor Fodor. No, it's. <laughs> oh, that's going to drive me crazy. I had it. And then once I was talking, I lost it. Mandalorian? No, it's like something else. Anyways, it'll probably come back to me eventually. Anyways, so Nandor Fodor, uh, <laughs> research officer for the International Institute of silicon Research. That's what it said. Um, he actually stayed at the Irvings' home for a week and did not see or hear from Jeff once. Um, for, Fodor really he didn't, it, he didn't believe that the Irvings were lying. He, he uh, by his research, he believed that they were pretty, they were, pretty sure that this was happening. Um, But instead, he actually had a theory that Jeff was actually based on a split part of Jim Irving's personality. Mm. So he went into it like, is there a mongoose? He came out and was like, oh, here's a mental diagnosis, sir. (laughs) So, yeah, that's what they uh, that person thought. Another one um, that's a little different was um, although some psychic investigators thought that Jeff was maybe a poltergeist or a ghost uh, skeptics, including residents of the Isle of Man. Uh, believed the Irving family had concluded, had colluded to perpetuate a hoax that was originated by their daughter. Um, an Isle of Man examiner reportedly, reporter wrote that when he caught the girl making noises, her father tried to convince him the sound came from somewhere else. Um, According to Joe Nickel, a paranormal investigator, researchers have suspected Boyeri uh, used ventriloquism and other tricks, quote, the effect of which were hyped by family members, reporters in search of a story and credulous paranormalists, end quote. Um, Contemporary media scholar Jeffrey Sconce uh, wrote that the most likely explanation is that, quote, this extra, extra clever mongoose was an imaginary companion created by the Irving's extra, extra clever daughter, end quote. Um, In 1945, James died. So Margaret and Voyeri, her daughter, were forced to sell the farm and um, had to actually do it at a loss because of the reputation of it being haunted. In 1946, Leslie Graham, who was an actor, I don't know who that person is, uh, bought the home. He claimed to have shot and killed Jeff to the press, but the picture was of a black and white animal... (laughs) That was much larger than what Jeff was described as. As long as it's not
0: the sheepdog, (laughs) then I'm okay. So in 2005,
1: uh, Voyeri died. But before her death, she did an interview claiming that even to that day, she believed that Jeff was real.
0: It's Wild.
1: It was crazy talk. So either it's like a bored family who wants hype. Or possibly a man that was suffering from mental things that. Made up a mongoose, or a, or a little girl who made up a mongoose, or
0: a vagabond in the walls,
1: or a vagabond in the walls. What I mean, do you
0: think it was the girl?
1: I like the idea—the girl or the dad, either one. I mean, the fact that a person straight up found the girl making noises, kind of. Yeah, that's
0: why I think it's a girl.
1: Kind of sticks to me, but anyways. So yeah, I found my information from Mental Floss and the MIT Press. Excellent.
0: Um, okay. It's a pretty short story. So forget the break. Let's just go into it. Um, so I'm going to be talking about Hannah up, uh, UPP, if you want to Google it. Um, I called her like a real life Jason Bourne, but it's none of the cool parts. It's just the amnesia. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so. That's um, the worst version of Jason Bourne. <laughs> my, uh, my sources are mamamia.com. Don't know if they're reputable, but oh, my yeah. other source is The Sun, and I know that they're not, so that's <laughs> oh, not geez. good. But um, no, it's, uh, pretty, it's pretty well corro- corroborated. Um, these were just two of the more entertaining stories. Um So Hannah was described by pals as the center of the party. Um, The first sign of her condition uh, showed up in August 2008 when she left her apartment to go jogging and failed to return. Then living in Manhattan, New York, she disappeared without her belongings just as she was set to start her second year of teaching at Harlem's Thurgood Marshall Academy. Uh, Detectives searched and are searching for her feared she may have been murdered, obviously. Nine days later, Hannah was incredibly spotted in the Apple store in the borough in in an Apple store in the borough um, where a man asked her if she was the missing teacher in the news and she casually brushed him off, dismissing the possibility. In the following days, she was seen in Starbucks using the showers at the New York Sports Club um, and in a couple other innocuous places. But each time she vanished before the police or her loved ones arrived at about midday on September 16th, 2008. Uh, Hannah Up was floating face down in the water in southern Manhattan, New York. Two men who were working on a ferry deck uh, nearby uh, were directed to rescue her after she was spotted by a captain and hoisted her up as she heaved for air. Uh, Had they spotted her just minutes later, it could have been a very different story. She was alive but needed hospitalization due to suffering from hypothermia, dehydration and severe sunburns on one side of her body. Hannah Up had been missing for three weeks at this point. Teacher 23 disappears into thin air. One headline from the Daily News read on September 5th, uh, 2008, 11 days before she was found. Quote, it was as if if the city had simply opened wide and swallowed her whole. Uh, End quote. The New York Times wrote about her 2008 disappearance. One night while she laid asleep in the hospital with her mother by her side, she abruptly awoke and said, quote, I was at a lighthouse, end quote, according to the New Yorker. But when her mother, Barbara, asked Hannah about the lighthouse the next morning, she had no recollection. Quote, I went from going for a run to being in an ambulance, Hannah said in an interview with the New York Times, five months after her disappearance. Quote, it was like 10 minutes had passed, but it was almost three weeks. End quote. Whilst in the hospital, she was diagnosed with disassociative fugue. This associative Fugue is described by psychology today as, quote, a, a psychological state in which a person loses awareness of their identity or other important auto, autobiographical information and also engages in some form of unexpected travel, end quote.
1: Um it is <laughs> that, feels, that feels very specific. Like yeah. I don't know who I am. I should go somewhere. I need to
0: go somewhere. Yeah. It is characterized by sudden travel and a failure to recall the past. The illness tends to be precipitated by trauma. Though Hannah could not recall any traumatic event in her past, and neither could uh, any of her family. So she said, "Quote: It's weird." Hannah said later <laughs> in an interview with the New York Times. Nice. "Quote: How do you feel guilty for something you don't even know you did? It's not your fault, but it's still somehow you." So it's definitely made me reconsider everything. Who was I before? Who was I then? Is that a part of me? Who am I now? End quote. After this first episode, Hannah managed to go on with her life seemingly as normal. Five years would go by before Hannah suffered her second episode of the rare amnesia disorder. In September 2013, Hannah was working as an assistant teacher at at a Montessori school in Maryland, and one morning her mother was informed by police that her daughter's wallet and phone had been found on a footpath. She was missing for two days when she regained her memory while in a creek in Maryland with a shopping trolley next to her. Why water? Yep.
1: Why the water? Exactly.
0: According to local reports from the time, she asked a stranger to borrow their phone so she could call her mom, who came to retrieve her then 28-year-old daughter. Last night or quote last night, our beloved Hannah was located safe and sound and is at home. We are uh, inexpressibly relieved and rejoicing. and We are tremendously grateful for your thoughts and prayers and attentiveness during this time she was missing. Hannah's mom said in a public statement a year after the shocking ordeal, Hannah moved to St. Thomas, which is one of the vir- U S Virgin islands where Americans often go to live quote off the grid and restart her life. Uh, but in September of 2017, the same time of year, Uh, She in the same time of year as the previous two episodes, she vanished for a third time shortly uh, after Hurricane Irma battered the island and other areas, killing more than 130 people. Back then, thousands of islanders, including Hannah's ex-boyfriend, Joey Spilano Spalino, sorry, uh, were scrambling to leave St. Thomas as another Category 5 hurricane called Maria barreled towards it. In the documentary, which I'll name later, because uh, I don't have it in my notes right now. Joey explained that Hannah's, quote, heart was in St. Thomas. So she decided to stay behind despite her house having been wrecked by Irma. The teacher was later seen prepping her classroom for the impact of Irma, although her colleague noticed she was acting oddly and with spoke with a sing song voice. Mm-hmm. And then on September 15th, a day after she was last seen leaving her home, which remember when she was found in the Manhattan river was September 16th. Yeah. Uh, 12 years previous Hannah failed to show up for a staff meeting. Friend Maggie Guzman, who had no idea about her condition or past disappearances, called up the teacher's old pals and they told her to quote, look by water. So she asked a coworker to check strong swimmer, which was Hannah's favorite spot on Sapphire beach. Um, there, Hannah's car was found in a parking area with her purse, passport, and hundreds of dollars inside of it. And while her sarong, sundress, and sandals were discovered nearby, uh, they were located on a bar stool by the beach, uh, neatly folded. A desperate search involving the Coast Guard was launched for Hannah, but just two days later, it had to be called off as Maria plunged into the area. Oh, man. Maggie recalls... Quote, the night of Hurricane Maria was awful. Uh, That was like the worst night of my life. This hurricane is passing over the island, and all I I could think about is how I have no idea of what's happening to Hannah or where she is. In the wake of the two hurricanes, detectives said it would have been very easy to travel around the Caribbean without identification. Right. And today they continue to search for Hannah while her loved ones have set up a dedicated Facebook page in the hope that they can find her and bring her home. As long as Hannah remains missing, they refuse to give up. Uh, My heart... Uh, quote, my heart kind of told me that she was going to pop back up and that never happened, says her ex, Joey. Uh, but I think she's still out there. Hannah's mom adds, quote, we really don't have any limit. We don't have a sense of it couldn't go on for this long because it could. Um, that's a weird way for her to say they just don't know like when. How long it will be. Yeah, yeah. like if she's uh, you, like, so there was cl- um, clearly, clearly, another personality that would take over and she could just be living as that person now.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: One of Hannah's friends, Jake Bradley, who is also an emergency medical technician told the the Virgin Islands daily news on September 26th, that quote, we've done all the physical searching that I think we can do other than having her posters up everywhere. Uh, That's going to be the only way, hopefully if she sees one of them and if she's in her fugue state, it would at least get her to the point where she realizes something's wrong and she goes in to get help. That's what we're hoping for. Uh, In the year after her disappearance, a GoFundMe page was set up to continue the search for Hannah. Quote, we have no way of knowing the length of time Hannah's condition and journey may fill. The page initiated by her mother and supported by friends and family reads, quote, we are in this for the long haul. Today, Hannah Up remains missing. In September of this year, it'll be three years since Hannah was last seen and 12 years since her first fugue. Her disappearance was the subject of 2019 documentary Vanished in Paradise, the Untold Story. And in their announcement of... Their involvement with the documentary Hannah's parents wrote, quote, if Hannah's still out there somewhere, we never know what unexpected connection may lead us to a clue to locate her again. All it would take is for one person to see this program and recognize her. The circle of friends and family who miss her is still wide and strong and each link matters. We take hope from the connections that continue and all who join us in reaching out to find Hannah. So um, one of the main things I find interesting about this too is uh, like After a hurricane, you know how many people are looking for people? Yeah. Like, you know, so. um, Like, even if she was like dead and washed up somewhere like that would be like her body likely would have been found. Uh Um, So, yeah, I mean, Hannah might just be living somewhere else randomly. Um, I mean, who knows? But it's just just such an interesting. Thing to have to deal with.
1: Yeah, that's I have a new fear I never knew of before.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, well, and then the thought that like dissociative fugue just comes from trauma. So it's not like a genetic thing that you're just like ever in the clear for. Yeah. Like you could you could do it at any right. point. Um, so three things really interesting about that. Uh, one is the connection to water. Always yeah. finds herself near water. Clearly and, and the waking other
1: personality <sighs> enjoys water,
0: enjoys water, but then. Maybe that's like enough to snap her out of it.
1: Yeah. Also, I mean, it wasn't this
0: time. So think about this. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. So Manhattan hypothermia, right? Cold. Uh, The second one was Maryland. So also cold and now warm. So maybe someone just if anyone if you know anyone that looks like Hannah, get her in a cold shower and see what (laughs) happens. Um, but yeah. uh, And then the second thing is the. um, The time of year, that's the weirdest thing. Like clockwork.
1: Yeah, I wonder. Maybe it's like maybe something. Well, some people put since it together it's from with trauma. Maybe that means that that's when the trauma happened.
0: Yeah, and then some other people postulated that it might be because um, that's when she's getting ready for the school year, so she might be stressed.
1: Oh yeah, because uh, she's sense. a teacher. Right.
0: Um. But that's. Um, but I mean, it's so close. Like, <laughs> like it's just.
1: I think there's also a chance because, man, here's what you could do, right? If you had that thing, like if this happened the first time you and bounce. you had that thing, you could just bounce. Yeah. You could just be like, I'm y- gone. I don't like And how then my when life people look out. at you, like, you're like, who's Hannah? I don't know who that is. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, she's just in her fuse day. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh no. When in actuality, you're like, no, I I'm don't out. want this anymore.
0: Yeah, there was actually. Um, and ask Reddit, I was reading the other day, and uh one of them was like, you know, what's what's the secret that would absolutely ruin you or whatever? And this dude was like, I straight up faked my death like eight years ago. He was like, Um, I'm part of a wealthy family. They could probably find me at some point, but I think I did a really good job. And like, I'm living in South America.
1: With, I want to know his entire story. Like, how do yeah. you fake your own death? How do you even accomplish that? He, um Well, at
0: least he uh staged an accident and then just like bailed last second. Uh, a boating accident. So, like, he went off sailing on his own. Yeah. Uh, and then just left his boat abandoned. So. um
1: Giving me ideas.
0: I know. Seriously. <laughs> uh,
1: to just one day run away and never come back again. Yeah.
0: Between Hannah and this dude, we're both going to be missing here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, we're both going to enter a fugue state together.
1: <laughs> right after this episode comes out.
0: Yeah. Um No, no, I would obviously never do that. The kitty.
1: No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um,
0: anyway. Yeah. So I think that that's, uh, interesting. And it's just such a, like I said, it's Jason Bourne with the worst parts. But I mean, just the thought that like, like, like the part that she was dealing with of like, um. When she would come out of it, but like n- she knew there was a gap missing, right. but like she didn't
1: get it back. Yeah, that's so weird to think. Well, about. and it's crazy to me what obviously I've talked about this before, but I've always been really interested in this. It's crazy what your brain will do to protect you. Yeah. And what it hides and stuff like that. The fact that you can literally become a different person, forget who you are. And then when you finally remember who you are, it was also such a part of trauma that you don't remember anything that happened in between that time is yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's and that's what your brain does your to brain protect you just, from things.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's also weird to think like, I mean, obviously, people have said this before. It's not like it's groundbreaking, but, but like we say our brain, but really that's us. And like, yeah, so, you right. know, like,
1: what we'll do, but yeah, like yeah. completely not by choice. Right. Like it's not, we didn't choose to. It's this. not a
0: conscious choice. Well, it's anyway. also
1: weird to think that like our brain has this, um, defense mechanism but it's defense defense mechanism is like hey it's too hard to be you so forget that yeah like that's what we choose yeah like just completely forget her she's no good (laughs) she needs she she's sad and hurt so let's just be someone else who doesn't have that pain
0: oh bonus in the news because we're talking about brain stuff uh because i almost used it telling
1: all the in the news you can tell this next week
0: no 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 it's because it's not good enough that's why i didn't use it okay but it just happens to do with the brain um they uh finally establish uh, communication with lucid dreamers, like while they're lucid dreaming. Oh wow. Yeah. And um so I was just thinking about how weird like our brains can be. Um, but they had these people like answering math questions and like they remembered what the people were saying and stuff like in their lucid dreaming. It's weird. Wow.
1: Yeah. I lucid dream on accident. You did? No, I do all the time. I told you about it. Or oh. I'll be in the middle of something and I'll be like, Oh, this is a dream.
0: Oh, but then you wake up, right? No. Oh.
1: I'll stay in it sometimes. But I'm like, Cause there's something, it's normally something really bad. Yeah. Like I'll watch someone die and then I'll be like, Oh, that's not real. It's true. And then I can just like walk away from it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's my
1: um, my brain's way of being like, no, no, (laughs) We're okay.
0: Yeah. I used to do it on accident and then I learned how to do it on purpose. And then it made me really tired. Sleep. Yeah. And then i really tired. And so then I stopped doing it. I still lose a dream on accident sometimes. Like, uh, the, the other night, um, I was, uh, Oh, I was, I was like, um, dealing with the kids. And uh there was like a stock, like I was I was in a day trade, like doing a stock, and like this thing was like, You have to exit this trade, you have to exit this trade, but then like Cole wouldn't let me leave. And so I was getting really stressed out and then I was like, Oh, wait, 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 it's all a dream. I can make myself a millionaire, and it was like great, but
1: one thing cool too is it's not like when I realize I'm in a dream, I just wake up. It's I realize it and then I go, I should wake up now. Yeah. And then I like force it to happen. It's really weird.
0: Almost like a hundred percent of the time, whenever I have a bad dream where like, yes. you leave me or the kids like something bad happens yeah. to them. I, I'm just like, oh, it's a dream. I'm waking up. I don't out. want to do I'm this done. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this show. Does, I don't like this show anymore. Nope. <laughs> um, Spamoni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, OK, well, that was a weird tangent. But I mean, again, back to the point was just about like how weird brains are. Brains right? are weird. Yeah. And which
1: means we're weird.
0: And like sleep. We still don't even know why we sleep. No, it is nice, though. I want to go to sleep. So. Okay. See you guys
1: next week. We will not see them.
0: We'll hear you'll hear us next week. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.